Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Hallelujah. We started the gospel series some two weeks ago, and something important that we must understand about the gospel is the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Praise the Lord. The gospel reveals, let's say that together, the gospel of Jesus Christ reveals the righteousness of God. Okay, so Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ Jesus, for it is the power of God unto what? Unto salvation to those who believe, and to the Jew first, and also for the Greek. Praise the Lord. And then we see verse 17, it says, for in it, that is in the gospel, for in the gospel is what? The righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's say the just shall live by faith. Here the just is not living by what he does. Because the righteousness of the law demands that whatever you do, you live by what you do. If you um, do what is right, you get the results of what is right. And therefore, uh, if you, by extension, if you do what is wrong, you get the results of what is wrong. But in the New Testament, because of what Jesus has done, the believer does not get what he deserves. The believer gets what has been reserved for him in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. How many of you quoted the scripture growing up? I mean, you always heard people say the just shall live by faith. It wasn't just talking about walk by faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. That's not just what it was talking about. When it says that just shall live by faith, it says that you have life by faith. You have life by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. So it is important to know that your salvation is what you receive. And I said a lot of things on Sunday, how that righteousness is a nature. First of all, before it's an action, how that righteousness is a gift. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, How much more we who have received the abundance of grace and what the gift of righteousness we shall reign. So lift one hand up and say righteousness. righteousness. Or you can put it this way. Say my righteousness, my righteousness. is a gift. Alright, so you didn't work for your righteousness and don't expect any other person to work for his. Alright, the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus is a gift. Glory to God somebody. Hallelujah. And importantly, I want to share something with us briefly this evening, very briefly. And that is to let you know that you must be assured of your salvation. Okay? So you can title it the assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. The assurance of salvation. In the Old Testament, the word salvation means Yeshua. Yeshua. It means Yeshua. Uh, and scripture also declares that concerning the birth of Jesus, when the angel announced to Mary 
that he shall save his people from their sins and his name shall be called Jesus. The meaning Yeshua or Joshua in the Old Testament is the same as Jesus. So the typology of um, Joshua in the Old Testament is what you have Jesus in the New Testament. And how is Joshua the typology of salvation in the Old Testament? It's very simple. God through Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness for some time. But it was Joshua who led the people into the promised land. So Joshua, which is Yeshua, means salvation. Yeshua or Joshua means salvation in the Old Testament. Salvation means deliverance. It means welfare. It means prosperity. And it also means victory. It means deliverance. It means welfare. It means prosperity. And it also means victory. And it's important how we must... We must never seek to define salvation when salvation has an author. Okay? And I, I'm really hoping that you just heard what I said. You know? Uh, you, you can't define how Yoruba language should be spoken because you are not the author of the language. You can't define how Hausa language is spoken because you are not the author of the language. It is the authors of the language, the origin of the language itself that describes how the language is spoken. So, when, when you look at the concept of salvation, we don't in, infuse our own objectives of what salvation should be or should mean when salvation has an author. So, there is an author of salvation. We're going to come to that. You can write this down. Salvation is, first of all, a person. Before it's an act. Salvation is a person before it's an act. And the person of salvation is Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, salvation is Jesus. In the New Testament, salvation is Jesus. Salvation is something that is given. You can also write that down. Salvation is something that is given. And you can also write this down. It has properties. Salvation has properties. Salvation has properties. When I have time, I would talk about some of these things in extension. For example, when the Bible talks about drinking uh, uh, the cup of salvation, I mean, there are properties in, in that. So when you say the whole concept of salvation is deliverance, welfare, prosperity, uh, the forgiveness of sins, these are the properties of salvation. But let's go right straight into the conversation, the assurance of salvation. Question, you can start this with a question. Does God really want me assured that I am saved? And the answer is yes. We take a text from 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. So these things I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Can we read this scripture together, everyone? Let's really want to go. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Can we say together, I know 
that I have eternal life. How many of you are still doubting here? You know, you're, you're still in that place where you doubt if you have eternal life. Uh, the, John here writes to the people and says, These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, not that you may be in doubt. Have you heard terms like this? Be rapturable, my brother. Remain rapturable. Have you heard terms like this? Some of you will stop praying some prayer points when you understand the assurance of salvation. You will stop praying prayers like, Father Lord, at the end of the day, let it be said and done that I made it to heaven. As noble as that sounds, as sincere, as devotional as that sounds, that's not a correct prayer. Because the day you received Christ Jesus, you were saved. The day you believed, you were saved. And the scriptures are there to point to you to see that you have eternal life. You're not trying to have eternal life. These things have I written to you that what? That believe in the name of who? What is the criteria for having um, salvation here? It is believing. All right, so don't let anyone fool you to make you think that there is something you need to do. I've heard a lot of people say this before. I've heard a lot of people say that um, salvation is like getting a visa and getting your ticket. That when you are saved, it is as though you got a visa. Then to buy the ticket after you have gotten the visa, that's your part. So, God gives you the visa, and then you now go buy your ticket. The American embassy is not going to give you money to buy your ticket. So, you have to buy, and that's how salvation is. And they preach it, and people even fall under the anointing while they are preaching it. Right? You must be able to decipher truth. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. I'm going to break some molds right now. Because a lot of questions will come up. A lot of questions are going to come up in your spirit. And even, you know, I, I think it's important that rather than listening to people, study the Bible for yourself. Because the Bible has clear answers to every question that you are asking. Clear answers. And the answers are not in doubt of themselves. The scriptures are complete. Praise the Lord. So, uh, salvation is not like getting a visa and then you have to buy a ticket. It's done all the way. It's done all the way. So I'm going to show you some things in the scripture. Praise the Lord. All right. So um, it is important that God wants us to know that we have salvation. We're assured that we have salvation. Number one, like I said before, you can write it again. Christ is the author of your salvation. You did not author your salvation. Christ is the author of my salvation. Can we say that together? Christ is the author of my salvation all right so christ is the author of my salvation hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 it says for it was fitting for him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation Perfect through suffering. So Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. Say amen somebody. Jesus Christ is what? The captain of my salvation. Jesus is the captain of my boat. 
He's the captain of the boat that sails me through from point A to point Z. Jesus is the captain. I'm not captaining myself, if that's correct English. Jesus is the captain of my salvation. Amen. Why are people so sure about other things and not sure of their salvation? It's because they lack understanding. They lack knowledge. And believers need to know these things because these things are crucial for your faith. Because once you don't even believe that God is able to save you, uh, you begin to doubt some things he has said concerning you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's important that you understand he's the captain of my salvation. Right? If you have a captain in a ship and the ship is sailing somewhere, are you the one in charge of the direction of the ship? All you know is that the ship is taking you from one point to another point you don't need to study to be a captain to be in the boat to get to where the boat is going to praise god somebody i mean i call you on the phone for example i'm like hey where are you i mean i'm in abuja airport right now uh where are you heading to i'm heading to lagos say ah really yes i'll be in lagos in one hour 30 minutes and you are sure you'll be in lagos one hour 30 minutes and you are not sure you'll be in heaven how are you sure? I mean, what, what make, why are you sure that you'll be in Abuja? Or you'll be in Lagos from Abuja? Why are you sure? Do you, know how the store, do you know how the sky is? But you spoke with confidence. Talk to me, somebody. Didn't you speak with confidence? Where are you? I'm on the plane now. I'm about to board. Come and pick me up. How did you know? Come and pick me up. Come and get me right now. Come and pick me up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to land in the next 45 minutes. And you are sure. You are sure. Have you seen Lagos in the sky before? Do you know what it means to pilot your way from Abuja to Lagos? He's the captain of your salvation. He's the pilot of your salvation. You are not the one taking yourself there. He's, that's why I started by saying that he's the author of salvation. You are not the one who initiates the concept of salvation. Jesus is the author of of my salvation. Can we say that together? He's the author of my salvation. People are so sure about many things. I'm very sure. I'm, I'm so sure. I'm so sure. I'm so sure. I'm so sure it's a boy. <laughs> I'm so sure it's a girl. At least it has to be one of them. <laughs> and then you're not sure you make heaven. No, 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 no. Christ is the author of my salvation. He's the captain of my salvation. Can we see the, 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 the previous verse, verse 9? Uh, let, let me see if there is anything that holds. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of what? Death crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Now here it is. There are two major expressions of God. There is the suffering servant of Jesus Christ. I mean two major expressions of Jesus. There is the suffering servant of Jesus. And there is the Jesus who enters into his glory. There is one he shares with all of you. And there is one he doesn't share with all of you. The suffering servant of Jesus. The suffering servant being Jesus. He doesn't share that with anybody. But the part where he comes into glory. He shares that with you. That you step into glory with him. But master Jesus. Can I suffer just with you? Can I... Can I taste a little bit of the cross and feel the pain? Can I die? Can I die alongside with you so that we can walk my salvation? Can, can I do it with you? No. The answer is no. Because the lamb who was going to be sacrificed had to be a lonely lamb. He had to be a lamb that will be without help. I've taught you this before. 
So that part he doesn't share. This is verse 9. Then look at verse Verse 10, it says, for it is fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing, now you come into the place where you share glory with him. In bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through the path that you have no place to play. And that is the place of suffering. You didn't suffer for the place of your salvation. He suffered it. And because he suffered it, he completed the suffering. And when he hung on that cross, he said, it is finished. And it truly was finished. You have nothing to add. Praise God, somebody. Psalms chapter 62, verse 1. Psalms chapter 62, verse 1. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my what? I mean, stay with verse 1. Let's read it together, everyone. If you've written it, let's read it one to go. It says, truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes what? Does your salvation come from the north? Does your salvation come from your works? Where does your salvation come from? Then let's see verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. He only is my rock and my salvation. I mean, this is the Psalms. Even David, he had the revelation of the fact that only Jesus was his rock and his salvation. Somebody say, only Jesus. And he says, he's my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Let's keep reading. Hallelujah. Oh, these are Psalms that you read to edify yourself. How long will you attack a man who shall be slain? All of you like a leaning wall. And a tottering fence. Next verse. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth. But they curse inwardly. Selah. <laughs> My soul waits silently for God alone. Now I want you to underline the alone part. Because verse 2 says he only. It says he only. So just when you think that you need to add some measure of works to your salvation. No the answer is he only. All right, he says, and he says, God alone, for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Verse 6, he only is my rock and my salvation. He repeats it again, so in case you're in doubt, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, and I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. Christ is the author of salvation. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. It says, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible says that there is no salvation in any other. There is no salvation in... Uh, a lot of people ask the question, is Jesus the only way? Yes, Jesus is the only way. And don't be uh, shy to proclaim that. Why? Because you are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Someone was asked one time, is... Uh, Jesus the only way and he said well it, it depends it doesn't depend on anything Jesus is the only way and anyone who doesn't put faith in Jesus perishes that is truth and, and it, is, it is the honest truth anyone who doesn't put faith in Jesus like I said on Sunday that sin is a nature and there are good people going to hell so what, what guarantees you to heaven is your faith in Jesus Christ Anyone who puts, I've seen a lot of good Muslims. I mean, I, I lived in Kano for a while. I've seen a lot of nice Muslims, nice, nice 
northerners who don't serve our God. And when you see them, their decency attracts you. I'm talking about people who keep the law. People who, when they tell you it is white, it is, you, don't need to, you don't need to ask them to swear because it is actually white. If how someone tells you Gaskia, in Kanu, Gaskia is actually Gaskia. It's so true. And we believers, some of us, if, if, we, <laughs> if we say something, we need the reinforcement of two witnesses by two immutable things where it is, a, it is possible for you to lie. <laughs> yeah. But you see, no matter how nice a person is, no matter how nice a lady is, no matter how good, don't think the person doesn't need Jesus. Because that person is not saved. No matter how nice, niceness does not take you to heaven. It is being in Christ that takes you to heaven. Praise God, somebody. So it says, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men. No, somebody say, no other name. Can you please say it very boldly and loudly? Say, no other name. Buddha, Allah, all of them cannot save. Cannot save. Who is God? Where is God? How do we find God? God says, I'm going to make it easy because my, my, the revelation of myself before the coming of my son is a mystery. So the Old Testament is God concealed. But the New Testament is God revealed. So how do we know who God is? How do we know? How do we understand God? This is not a part of my message, but let me just quickly show you. Um, John chapter 1 verse 16. Very quickly. John chapter 1 verse 16. Let me just show you this. John chapter 1 verse 16. It says, and of his fullness we have all what? Received and grace for grace. This is Jesus now. Next verse, verse 17. It says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and what? Truth came through Jesus Christ. Next verse. Now look at it. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father, he has declared God. When you read this with the King James Version, you can easily, I mean, he has declared God. It sounds very spiritual and spooky. Let's use the Amplified Version. Let's use the Amplified Version of this same verse. No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten God who is in the bosom in the intimate presence of the father. He has declared him. That is Jesus now. He says he has revealed him and brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and he has made him known. So God, the interpretation of God is Jesus. Jesus is the interpretation of God. So God says that for you to know who I am, see Jesus. And that's why Jesus says to Peter, how can you be asking, show me the father? Philip, don't you know that if you have seen me, you have what? Seen the father. So don't let anyone deceive you. The interpretation of God is Jesus. Religion is the attempt to find God in many means or many ways. People would mold certain things. That's an idol. That's an idol. First John chapter 5 verse 20. Let me show you that. That's an idol. First John chapter 5 verse 20. First John chapter 5 verse 20. Use the King James Version, please. 
It says, and we know that the Son of God has come and, and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is what true, and we are in him who is what true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is what the true God. So Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Anyone who doesn't put faith in Jesus Christ is not saved. No matter how good you are, no matter how nice you are. He says, in fact, the, the Bible equates, he says, I hope you know Jesus is a man. Jesus is a man. He says, Jesus is the true God and eternal life. Now look at verse 21. Little children, oh, you guys are not reading with me. What is an idol? An idol is anything that is not Jesus but trying to find God. That's an idol. So religion is the attempt to looking for God without the way God has said, I want to be revealed. So Jesus is the revelation of God. Hallelujah, somebody. Number two. We said number one, Christ is the author of what? Of salvation. Number two, what? Salvation brings you out to take you in. Salvation brings you out to take you in. Eddie, you're not right. Okay. Salvation brings you what? Out to take you where? In. So, any salvation that saves you and at the point of rapture cannot rapture you is not salvation. So, salvation doesn't do a half job. No, it doesn't. Salvation brings you out of sin to take you in. Any salvation... and. Um, go study the Bible for yourself and you, you quote me on the basis of scripture because everything I'm saying to you is on the basis of what the Bible teaches salvation takes you out not to leave you to say now that you are you know that statement now that you are saved <laughs> work out your salvation with fear and trembling and a lot of people don't really understand that scripture so now that you are saved, now that you are with an accent, now that you are saved, <laughs> now that you are saved, praise God. Say so now that you are saved, you have to do what is right because if you don't, that salvation will be retracted from you. Don't take the salvation of God for granted. And you know, it sounds good. It sounds nice. Can I show you scriptures? All right. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. You know, we read the scriptures and we don't really know what it means. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who what? Has begun a good work. Hey! In you will come... Now, who is the he who started it? No, 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 no. Let's read the scripture. You who began your work. Talk to me somebody. Who started the work? Is he who started the work. He who, he said, being confident. You know, I can preach on just being confident. You can preach to yourself on being confident. That's why anytime you feel you are not saved, you are not looking at the scripture. He says, these things have I written that you may know that you have eternal life. So here, Philippians announces, being confident that he who, what, has begun a good work, in you will complete it until the day of... Now, what is the day of Jesus Christ? The day of Jesus Christ is when Jesus appears. Can we use another version? Let's see. 
Uh, let's see the NLT version. I don't know if it spells it out. If we don't see it there. The Living Bible actually does, but I know you don't have the Living Oh, fantastic. It says, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue whose work? Your work? Shout with me, somebody. His work! Will continue his work until it is finally finished. On the day when who returns? Yeah. So, he who began a good work is not about project. That house you are about to build, he who began a good work, that's not, is, that's, <laughs> I know we used, we used all that scripture to pray that way. All right. We use that scripture to pray that way. And there is nothing wrong with that concept that God who, he who laid the foundation will complete it. The hand of Zerubbabel that laid it, ah, yeah, will finish it. There is nothing wrong with that. But the context of this scripture where it says he who begun a good work is talking about salvation. It's talking about your salvation. Lift one hand up and say he completes his work. Shout it with me. Somebody say he completes his work. Where? In me. He who begun the good work within me will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. Praise God, somebody. Let's see the message version. The message version. The message version. Now, you know this thing as a believer and you'll be sad one day or you'll be afraid. It's impossible. Impossible. There's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started his great work in you will keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus Christ appears. Somebody say, see Bible law. <laughs> That's the scripture. That's the scripture. There's one more scripture that I want to show you. I think it's in... I think it's in Jude. Go to Jude 1. Oh, hallelujah. Jude 1 verse 24. Let's see. Let's see something there. Jude 1 24. It is now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Hi. <laughs> so, you, you know, you, see, you, you thought you were keeping yourself. Because salvation has to be about... God saved me, then my walk up until the day he appears is dependent on me. No, sir. Your keeping yourself is not dependent on you. I'm going to show you another scripture in the Old Testament. But your keeping yourself is to him who is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To him who is able to keep me from stumbling. I'm not perfect, but he has kept me from stumbling. No wonder the Bible says that if the righteous man falls seven times, he rises up again. It means that the fall of the righteous man doesn't change the state of the righteous man. Doesn't make the righteous man a sinner because he fell. No. It says to him who is able to keep me from stumbling and to present me faultless. Before the presence of his glory. With exceeding joy. Hallelujah somebody. Salvation what it, it brings me out. To take me where? In. 
So there is no need to pray. Father, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that after all said is done, I make heaven. I long to see you in heaven, Jesus, one day. But help me, oh God, Jesus. No, as long as you believe, and because you believe, you are heaven bound. It is not heaven at last. It is heaven at first. Yeah, it's heaven at first, not heaven at last. It's not heaven at last. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Therefore he is also able to make. Let's start from verse 24. But he because he. Ah, let's start from verse 23. Let's start from verse 22. Oh Jesus. I love the word of God. It says, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better. Somebody say better. Now, I hope you know Hebrews is a conversation of better. It's a conversation of better. It's a comparison between Jesus and the Old Testament patriarchs of faith. That's what Hebrews is all about. It's a comparison between the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's what Hebrews is all about. So, if you start reading the book of Hebrews, it compares Jesus with Moses, Jesus with Joshua, Jesus with, uh, with even Melchizedek. I mean, uh, the, the, I mean, the Levites. And he says that Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek. Now, look at this. this is by so much more, Jesus has become a shorty. See the word shorty there? A shorty of a better covenant. Now, let's see verse 23. Move on. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Stay here. What it means is that the high priest in those days will offer sacrifices um, uh, of blood, of bulls and goats on the ark of the, co- the covenant, which is the mercy seat. He does that for himself because he's not perfect. And he does that also for the people, right? So, so what it means is they couldn't continue to do that because they, they had to... They would die one day. Because they are men. Because priesthood is for a man. An angel can never be a priest. Because it takes one who is like one to represent the one to God. So an angel cannot be a priest for human beings. It's impossible. Okay? So that's why God, if, if you and I were ants, God would become an ant to save ants. So because we are men, God becomes man to save man. So priesthood, first of all, the condition has to be that he takes the nature of the one he's saving. So God comes in the likeness of sinful man, but he partakes of the body, not the blood. Because it's the blood of the man that it is the, it is the contribution of the man that gives rise to the blood of the baby, medically speaking. So that's why Jesus has no earthly father. Because if he has an earthly father, his blood is corrupt. Yes, sir. So the question now is, where did Mary get her? Where did Jesus get his blood from? It's the blood of God. It's the blood of God. That's a mystery. So the, 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 the virgin birth itself is a, is a mystery. It's, it's a glorious miracle, right? And Jesus himself is a miracle. He's 100% God, 100% man. So what is the conversation here of the fact that the Old Testament priest were prevented by death. It means that because they could not live forever, um, different priests have to be appointed 
to do the work, as one dies, another picks up where the other one stops. Do we understand what I'm saying? But Jesus is alive forevermore. Now let's see next verse. Verse 24. It says, but he, as against the other prince, because he continues forever. What it means is because he continues to live forever. Has an unchangeable priesthood. It means nobody can take the place of Jesus because he doesn't die. He has an unchangeable priesthood. Right? Next verse. Therefore, he is also able to save. That's why I said any, any, any salvation that leaves you halfway, not be salvation. He's able to save you what? To the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives. So the question is, is Jesus alive? The answer is yes. Then the answer is, I am saved. I'm not worried about my salvation because he's alive. So when we celebrate Easter, we're not just celebrating he rose for the sake of he rose. We're celebrating Easter because we are saved. Because the moment Jesus, if he drops dead in heaven, salvation is over. So it says, since he always leaves to make, he will not drop dead. <laughs> That's the assurance of salvation that we have. Praise God, somebody. <laughs> since he always leaves to make intercession for for them, Jesus is always leaving to make intercession for us. Glory to God. I said glory to God, somebody. Hallelujah. Salvation brings you out to take you where? To take you in. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1. Exodus chapter 15 verse 1. It says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has what triumphed gloriously, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Next verse. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become. Now, I want you to see what is playing out here. The Bible did not say the Lord is my strength and song, and he has saved me. To say he has saved me is correct. There is nothing wrong with that. But he, he didn't just say he has saved me. He said the Lord is my salvation. Like I said to you, salvation is a person. Before it's an event. He has, the Lord is my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Now let us see what salvation here is all about. Let's keep reading. We'll keep going down. The Lord is a man of war. This is part of salvation. That's why I said salvation is deliverance in it. That in the process of deliverance, he's, he being a man of war, it is how you describe salvation. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Keep going. Pharaoh's chariot and his army, he has cast into the sea. He, his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sang to the bottom like a stone. This is salvation. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed... He didn't let me read the last part. Them like stubble. Okay. 
And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright. This is salvation. Somebody said, this is salvation. You see all that drama that was going on, Red Sea, bah, part into two and everything. That, that is called salvation. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O God? O Lord, among the gods, who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. I love that song. You stretched your you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. It is, that's the definition of salvation. You in your mercy have led forth the people from whom you have what? Redeemed. Are you now seeing salvation terms there? You have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Hold on. Leadership is part of the salvation. That he led you because as many as are led by the spirit of God... These are the sons of God. That leadership was in the package. It's part of the components of salvation. That is not just about the forgiveness of sins. It's the upgrading of your status. That he has made you the righteousness of God. Because it's one thing for you to be a pardoned sinner. And your status doesn't change. And it's another thing for you to be called righteous as though you never did it. That's what salvation is. So how God led the people out of Egypt... And he led them through is part of the definition of salvation. So the Israelites were not leading themselves. God was leading them. Next verse. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them by the greatness of your arm. They will be as steel as a stone till your people pass over. Oh Lord, this, that, that's the passing over is salvation. Till the people pass over whom you have. Are you seeing salvation terms there? So when you're reading the Old Testament, make sure you see Christ and what he has done through the Old Testament. Next verse. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands, I'm going to stop here, have what? Established. He says you will bring them in. He's the one who brings me in. He took them out to bring them in. Salvation is that he takes you out of sin and he brings you in Christ. You are heaven bound. You are not unsure of where you're going. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, let's move on. Number three, I am sealed. I am sealed. I am sealed. These are, these are the reasons why you must be assured of your salvation. I am sealed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. It says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of what? Okay, now I want all of us to read it together because... Let's, let's see together. One to go. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let me tell you something. Anything the Holy Spirit sealed cannot be unsealed. 
you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Can I use the Amplified Version? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Say this with me. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It is people who don't have this foundation. When they go out, they begin to mess up. And they don't remember that they are sealed or they are saved. And they begin to doubt if God loves them or if God is still with them. That's where questions like this come up. And you hear people ask, um, am I sure I'm still born again? Am I sure I'm still saved? If you don't have this basic understanding, you can fall away to the prey of having your faith shipwrecked. And that's why it's important that believers must be grounded in the assurance of salvation. You must know that you're saved. You must know that you're saved. In him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, which is the gospel of your salvation, and have, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. I was stamped. I can't be unstamped. See, See, this is how powerful your salvation is. For if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a what? Do you know what a new creature is? A, a, a new creature, it, it, it can't, it's like a mutation. It's like a mutation. When a mutation happens to um, the genetic components, the DNAs, it doesn't alter back. It can't go back to how it used to be before. That's the, so he says, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he becomes a new creation. So do you think, I'm going to go further in this conversation, because some of you think that your sins are more powerful than the sacrifice. Say, so pastor, because if you continue in sin, you can lose your salvation. Anyone who, in court, um, becomes an apostate, in my opinion, and based on what I understand from the scripture, never really believed. And I'm going to show you the scriptures. Well, hopefully there is more time for that. So it is important that you know that as you have become a new creature, you cannot be forged back. You receive Christ. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And then something happens, you are dropped down. Have you pictured the drama? The Bible says, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places far above principalities. And then God is angry. He can't come out. <laughs> when he behaves himself, bring him back up again. You think God does that? You are seated and you are seated. You are sealed. Let me see the message version. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know how saved and how unsaved they can never be. If they truly put their faith in Jesus Christ. Because the Lord knows those who are his. But we don't. That's why by their fruits we shall. So you can't tell me I'm saved. And I am for sure that you are saved if I don't see fruits. Because fruits are my proof that you are saved. But fruits are not his proof. God doesn't need your fruit. Uh, the man who just receives Christ and next second Christ appears. What fruit does he have? What fruit does he have? The man who just receives Christ right now. This is 732. And Jesus comes 734. What fruit does that one have? He doesn't have no fruit. But God doesn't need that fruit. 
Because the moment he received Christ, his, his genetic composition of his human nature changes into the very essence of Christ. doesn't need no fruit. But we need fruit. We need to know. Let your light so shine that men, not God, that all men may see and glorify him. Because we can't glorify him if we don't see. Are you getting what I'm saying? So good conduct is for we, not for God. But good conduct is a proof that you are actually saved. Because if, if you're a man, you would wear the things that men wear. Let's see the amplifier, the, the message. It says, it is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered. But I've, I've taught you this before. Delivered by the Holy Spirit. I've taught you before that God put his seal on you so that when Jesus comes back in the second time, he's coming for those who have the seal on them. And who are the people who have the seal on them? Those who believe. Just like you go to the market and you're buying things and you have a lot to carry. And you tell the woman, I'm coming back for this. They put a seal. In Benin, they do that a lot. I schooled in Edo State, so I, I know. I see a lot of colored yams. Red paint, blue paint. Who has seen that before? Sometimes you see chicken tied with blue rope. It's not sacrifice. That, that part is not sacrifice. That part is identification. That it belongs to somebody. So they use a blue color paint or a seal to say this is your yam, madam. When you come back after you bought your goat, your chicken and everything, come back and get your yam because the blue ones are yours. And the seal, the blue, the blue color is the Holy Spirit on us. No wonder the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are born again. So God is coming for those who have his spirit in them. And that his Holy Spirit is his seal on us. You've got to know it. You've got to know it. If not, you will forever be in doubt of your salvation. You will never believe that you are saved. You would always think that there is something you need to measure up. I've, I've not measured up. I've, and you'll be in condemnation of yourself and others. That's a mark of someone who has not been taught properly on the assurance of his salvation. Look at your neighbor say, I know. Look at the other person by yourself. Say, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Will you be ready? See, everybody pretending like they don't know the song. <laughs> Will you be ready? I'm already ready. Hold on, hold on. This is the standpoint church. Don't, don't corrupt this, this, this precious atmosphere. I'm just playing. Amen. Hallelujah. Number four. We look back to judgment of sin, not forward. We look back. Do you like that one? We look back to what? Judgment of sin, not forward. No, we don't look forward to judgment of sin. We look back to judgment of sin. John chapter 5 verse 24. John chapter 5 verse 24. 
John chapter 5 verse 24. Most assuredly, please say with me, most assuredly. Say it again, most assuredly. Say it again, most assuredly. I say to you what? He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has what? Not in him who does. In, not, not he who hears my word and, and does it will have everlasting life. No. The Bible does not confuse itself. There is a place for hearing the word and doing the word. There is a place for that because faith without works is dead. What is the meaning of that statement? Faith without works is dead. It's saying that how do you identify faith? That true faith will naturally produce works. It's simple. I give you an example. You've been expecting money in your account. The moment the money hits your account, what is the next thing you're going to do? The moment it gets to your account and you need to withdraw the money, what would you do? You go to the bank and withdraw the money to use the money. Now, let me ask you, when you are going to the bank, is that going to the bank, is it works for you? <laughs> Let's be practical. Let's use our reasoning. Is it works? Is it, somebody told you, pastor, amen, I receive it. <laughs> somebody told you, pastor, I just signed a check of 10 million naira in your account. And maybe, now I don't want to use that example, it's not a good one. Because nothing will happen to my car. <laughs> Do you think it will be stressful for me to find my way to the bank to collect the money? Even if I get to the bank and there are plenty of people, they are queues. I'll be greeting everybody. Well done. <laughs> are you kidding? I'll be saying hi to everybody there. It's not work. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. Because you know what you already have. Faith is saying that you already have it. So what you do because you know is what they call works. It is not my works that is trying to put the money in the account. So faith without works is dead. So it says if you truly believed, it must show in your behavior. It must show in your works. If you truly believe. Says most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. He's saying that judgment is not in your front but is behind you. This is what gives you assurance for salvation because you know that you are not coming to meet. God is not going to open a book to say it is time to reveal who you really are. When you were in the world, that day you were alone, you thought nobody saw you, I saw you, I am God. That's not, that's not, that's not. The judgment of the believer is, is called, is, is called the, the Bema seat. Praise God. It's called the Bema seat. It's the Bema seat judgment. The white throne judgment is for the unbelievers. But the Bema seat of Christ is for believers that they will be judged according to what they did in the body. So people, understand, people misunderstand that whether good or bad to mean that whether it is about sin. But it's, it's actually talking about whether it is effective or whether it will be burnt down. 
So believers will suffer losses, but they will be saved. I'm not speaking by myself. First Corinthians chapter three. Let's see it. First Corinthians chapter three, verse eleven. Let's start from verse eleven. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is what? Look at your neighbor, say no other foundation. Tell the other person by your side, say no other foundation. Uh, Can what? Can anyone, whether you are Pope or whether you are the most spiro or whether you are the most sanctimonious brother or the most sanctimonious sister and you make everybody feel bad because of how you are, God help you. <laughs> because if he's to judge, nobody's going to stand. He says, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Next verse. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, with silver, with precious stones, with wood, hay, straw, each one's work. Now, see, see, the Bible is actually talking about work here now. It's not talking about your, your being in heaven. It's talking about your work. Now, write this down, or if you can remember, that's fine. I prefer if it's in your spirit. Your belief determines where you spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you spend eternity. Your behavior does not determine where you spend eternity. No, no. Your belief determines where you spend eternity, but your behavior determines how. So not everybody is going to be the same. So it is for the sake of the how that we order our life here on earth. Not for the sake of where. Because the sake of where is based on the sacrifice of Jesus. So we must understand heaven and we must understand rewards. My father is writing a book and he called the book, Heaven is a gift, not a reward. That book is going to blow. Heaven is a gift. A lot of people think heaven is a reward. Heaven is not a reward. Your inheritance is not heaven. No. I have scriptures. Peter said, he says, to an inheritance reserved for you in heaven. Meaning that heaven is not the inheritance. But heaven is the place where the inheritance is. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. So it's talking about works now. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive what? No, he will receive heaven. The answer is no. He will receive what? A reward. So don't confuse behavior with heaven. Always match behavior with reward. Believing is for heaven. Behavior is for reward. He said, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Next verse. If anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. It means that you escaped. It's as one who escaped through fire. That you yourself will be saved, but your works will be burned down because as a matter of fact, you will suffer loss, but you have salvation. So the, 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 the um, conversation of what you do here on earth after you have believed is a conversation of your rewards, not you being in heaven. I hope this scripture is very clear. Let's move on. So we don't look back to judgment of sin, but we look forward. 
What are the benefits of assurance? Write this down. Number one. Benefits of assurance. Number one. Boldness. 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 You have boldness. You have confidence. Boldness. First John chapter 4 verse 17. First John chapter 4 verse 17. First John chapter 4 verse It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have what? Boldness in the day of what? Judgment. So, one of the benefits of your assurance is that you are bold. You are not like one of those who are timid. You know, a lot of people can't say I'm a saint. And they reserve the title of sainthood for those who they seem or deem to be perfect. Or those who are even dead. You're a saint in Christ. You're a saint. The Bible says to the saints in Colos, right? To the saints, to the ones who are faithful. The saints in Colos. It's talking to believers. And I read for you in Ephesians how Paul was rebuking the Ephesian church and he said, let these things not be named amongst you as it is fitting for saints. That what you did did not reduce your saint status. No, it didn't change the fact that you were a saint. But it just doesn't fit your style. I think that's where we ended last Sunday, right? And where it says that our dialect is thanksgiving. It says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Lift one hand up and say, I have boldness. How many of you are bold and you are confident? Are you going to make heaven? If rapture blow now, 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 are you going with him? I'm asking you, be honest, be honest. Do you, do you know? Do you know? If rapture blow now and the trumpet sounds now, do, are you sure? Why are you sure? Because he's the captain of my salvation. He's the captain of my salvation. I'm not the one who's trying to bring myself in. He brought me in. Let me show you another scripture. Two more scriptures and then we're done. Luke chapter 12 verse 32. Luke chapter 12 verse 32. Let's read it together everybody. Want to go? Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you. Somebody say, I have the kingdom. Jesus said, don't be afraid. It is your father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Say, little children, do not be afraid. For it is your father. So you must have boldness. Every spot you hear rapture. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Are you rapturable? And the, funny enough, the anointing will be all over the place. You'll be feeling goosebumps, goose pimples, goose boils. You'll be, feeling, you'll be feeling condemnation. You'll be feeling like this pastor. How many of you, when, when they said, come and receive Christ, you came out like seven times? How many of you cannot remember? I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember how, how many times I came out to the altar to receive Jesus. I came out 24 times. Why? Because we, we were not taught. We were not taught. But now that we know, we have forgiveness of sins. Praise God, somebody. We know now. He says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. It is your father's good pleasure to give you what? The kingdom. Benefits of assurance. Boldness. And without fear. Number two. Right living. See, when you know you are saved, you live right. A lot of people think that it has the effect of doing the opposite. Now that I know I'm saved and Jesus has saved me, from the, he's the author of my salvation from beginning to the, the end. 
no matter what I do, I can go and do anything I want to do. You will save me. You have not heard the gospel. If I doubt that you are saved, for you to think like that, I doubt that you are saved. Now, look at this scripture. 1 John chapter 3 from verse 1. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called what children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Next verse. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed. What we shall be. But we know. That's why I'm, I'm telling you. Say we know. We know. We know. We know that when he is revealed. We shall be like him. It's a confidence that you have. Say we know that we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Somebody say I'm sure. Look at your neighbor. Say we know. Then look at verse 3 now. Now let's read it together. Want to go. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself. Just a, see if you have this, if you know, you purify yourself. Oh God, the understanding of of your salvation, of your eternal salvation, makes you keep yourself pure. It doesn't have the negative, the, op the opposite effect of you saying, I can do what I want to do. No, you are consumed more by his love and by the assurance of where he's bringing you into. And because of that, you, that's what Jesus said. He said, for your sake, I purify myself. That's what he said. So you keep yourself pure. He says, he who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. A woman who has a wonderful husband. Husband travels um, for two months and she's out of the, he's out of the country. Because of her love for her husband, she keeps herself. Knowing that her husband is coming. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? She's not going about looking for other men as though she has no hope that her husband is returning. But she's keeping herself because she knows the one whom she believes that he told her he's coming. And she trusts him to the point where he, she knows that he's not also with other women there. Talk to me somebody. And, and, and that hope in her spirit, in her mind, makes her keep herself. You do better when you know God loves you. You do, but you, you purify yourself when you know he, you are loved by him. You know that you, you are heading straight to heaven. You do better. So he who, has this, he who has this hope in him purifies himself. Praise God. So there are many benefits of, of salvation. Many benefits of, uh, of assurance. Apart from boldness. Apart from right living. There are so many other things, but because of the time, we're going to close now. I want you to lift your hands up and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. All right. You are the captain of my salvation. You are the captain of my salvation. You are the captain of my salvation. The, Lord, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And what are the things he asks you? What are the benefits? Who forgives us? Of all our iniquities. Who heals us 
of all our diseases. Who satisfies our mouth with good things. So that our youth is renewed like the eagles. He made his ways known to Moses. His acts of the children of Israel. As the heavens are above the earth. So great is his mercy towards us. As far as the east is from the west. So has he separated us from our transgressions. These are the benefits. We thank him because we have salvation in the one. To whom is the only person that could ever grant us salvation. If you could save yourself my friend. Then you have no need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You have no need. And anybody who wants to enter heaven based on the assurance of his own works, that day it will come clear to you that you have no justification to going in because only Jesus saves. Lift your hands and bless him. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for the inheritance that you come into. Thank him for the blessings. Thank him for the blessings of salvation. Oh, I am saved. I know that I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm no longer afraid. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. These things I write unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Just thank him for your salvation. That's all I want you to do right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.